future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, an industry-leading content provider of slots, live casino, bingo, and virtual sports. Pragmatic Play excels at creating an immersive, engaging, and mobile-focused experience for players with over 200 HTML5 games that are available in all currencies, 31 languages, and all major certified markets. Discover more at pragmaticplay.com. This podcast is brought to you by Playson, the fastest-growing digital entertainment supplier for the global gaming industry. Operating across 20 regulated markets and with more than 140 partners worldwide, Playson's diverse portfolio of enthralling casino games, captivating tournaments, and promotional tools are proven to maximize player engagement and retention. To find out more, visit www.playson.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Bombay Experience, defining the future of luxury gaming experiences from digital through to physical, seamlessly, flawlessly, exclusively. Visit bombay.io. Uh, alcohol, you worked in tobacco, in the, um, uh, in the coffee industry as well. Um, what would you say are the fundamental differences uh, between brand strategy in uh, iGaming and the other uh, industries that you've worked in? You know, uh, marketing strategy is about creating marketing or brand strategy, is about just making some steps and it doesn't matter in which industry you work in. Everywhere you should just make several steps. First, you should analyze the market. You should analyze competitors when you're creating brand strategy. Then, then you should dive deep into the situation within the company. You should analyze every KPI to look deeper how uh, your internal KPI depend on external situation then of course you based on this analysis you can determine uh, your zones for growth or zones for development it's very important when you did analysis to do this step and again it doesn't depend on the industry you just do this step step by step step by step when you understand your development uh, zones you set goals where you want to be, for example, in five years, yes. where you want to be in three years, how you will get it in, for example, during the next year. Yeah. So you just set goals when you see the development zones. 
Then you create marketing plan, set KPIs, and yeah. of course you calculate the budget. And you see, it doesn't depend on the industry. In each industry, you should make these steps. But what you will put inside the marketing strategy, for example, marketing into marketing plan, which KPI will you have in your strategy? Because uh, when you work when you work in B two B industry, you will have absolutely different KPI uh, rather yeah. than when you work, for example, in FMCG industry. Uh, in FMCG industry, uh, it's very uh, easy to um, measure, for example, brand awareness. You just do brand health tracking. You understand yeah. brand awareness. You understand other indicators of brand funnel. In B2B, it's not, it is not that easy to do. Of course, you can make a lot of research. And for example, in Soft Swiss, uh, it is also what we started to do now. We uh, do a lot of different research. We talk to our customers very much. Yeah, yeah we, we, we even started to do this so-called brand health tracking with our hmm. um, uh, customers. And we have very strong partner. I guess, you know, this research agency, Kantar, they are from the, the US agency, okay. but we are working with Ukrainian branch of this agency. So, uh, as I said, brand fan, uh, you can make brand health tracking in FMCG, but it's very difficult to make brand health, health tracking in B2B. So, yeah. to evaluate your brand awareness, you just use different indicators. For example, branded keywords, clicks, can help you to understand if your brand awareness is growing or declining in different markets or some other indicators. So indicators will be dif different KPIs and activities could be different because, you know, B2B tend to be, you know, so-called very strict, maybe a bit formal industry. Yeah. So you cannot be that creative and bright. But on the other hand, the first brand which will, I mean, B2B brand, which start to speak with their consumer, customers, sorry, with their customers in more creative and emotional uh, manner, I guess uh, it's like a way to win yeah. customers. Yeah, it's interesting. So on the, um, on the B2C side, mm -hmm. obviously you are communicating with uh, millions of customers, mm -hmm. whereas, um, you know, SoftSwiss B2B company within the agami industry, really and truly, mm -hmm. you are communicating with a very limited yeah, demographic. Right, yeah. how, does, um, how does that impact uh, in how you build the brand strategy? Because really and truly, you want to get to these like very specific individuals. Yeah. You know, very good point. I really forgot to, to tell about that. Of course, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you, you are working in the FMCG industry, you're working with a lot of people because a lot of people are your consumers. And B2B situations are absolutely diff different. But it's about communication channels. It's all about communication channels. For example, uh, in FMCG, you can use TV ad as a communication channel because, for example, 70% of your target audience watch TV at least once a week. Of course, it's a very old situation, but still, you know, <laughs> it's, it's happening like something like this is happening right now, but still, for example, you will choose TV, but uh, it's absolutely uh, useless to communicate B2B brand uh, through TV channel right. because probably... Uh, 0.1% of your target audience uh, will watch TV uh, at least once, once a week. So that's why we are choosing just different channels. It's Again, it's about, about marketing plan. It's just about one part of marketing strategy creation because steps are absolutely similar in, differ in different industries, yeah. but what you put inside, yeah, it's a bit different.
KPIs yeah. are different and the marketing plan is different because communication channel can be different. Approach to um, to make your communication message uh, visible can be different, but the rest absolutely the same. Uh, interesting. I, w I want to go back uh, again to your previous experience mm -hmm. in working in specifically tobacco, but also um, alcohol. Uh, I'm just very curious to uh, to know with the restrictions, uh, the marketing restrictions on tobacco in mm -hmm. like many markets. I think you focused on the Belarusian markets. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, how did you uh, how did you get around kind of mar marketing restrictions in in such a stigmatized industry? In and and, and um, how were you able to still reach messages uh, mm -hmm. to the uh, to to your target audience? Uh, you know, uh, why I like such industries with restrictions, first of all, I like them uh, because, yeah, you absolutely It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> and these industries and restriction in, uh, restrictions in, th in these industries, they stimulate you to be more creative. They stimulate you to look, to search for new uh, channels to communicate with your customers and consumers, uh, to send your message to your customers and consumers. This is the first point. And the second point, uh, when, you, when you are limited in your communication, of course, uh, you understand that probably it will be difficult to raise, for example, your sales. Yeah. Mm. So you need to work on the processes inside your company to grow the efficiency of your business. But coming back to this creativity, uh, as an example of Belarusian market, when everything was uh, banned, forbidden uh, in tobacco industry, uh, tobacco companies such as GTI, Japan Tobacco International, British American Tobacco, uh, they started to uh, use such instrument as marketing research and they use marketing research as a way to communicate with their consumers, to explain to their consumers, for example, their new product, but not in the way of, look, uh, this is very nice, out of home board, look at our new pack. No, not in this way, of course, no. because it was absolutely banned, but in the way of uh, marketing research, research, when you ask, uh, first of all, uh, first question was, do you smoke? And yeah. if you smoke, then uh, the other question is where just to show new product, which company launch, uh, launches on the market. So, of course, it's, you know, it's, it's a bit tricky. Mm. Yeah, I mean, tricky way of working with yeah. um, legislation, but still it is allowed. Mm. And company need to communicate with their consumers, at least in some way. So they used uh, such way of communication. <laughs> in my mind, it's very creative way of communication. Yes. Now, I don't, I'm not talking about, you know, a legal, uh, you know, side or ethical side of this um, approach. But still, as a creative way, I can say, yes, it's creative yeah. way to communicate with consumers. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. Um, and uh, if we move over to uh, to alcohol, then specifically, mm -hmm. uh, alcohol seems to be still a stigmatized industry, but uh, more kind of um, ethically more accepted in society, mm -hmm. so to say. Mm -hmm. uh, how and you were obviously, um, I believe, that's a senior brand manager for Heineken. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how was your approach to uh, marketing those products in that market? You know, one more thing that should be said about uh, such kind of industries, it is that. The, uh, the purpose, one of the purpose of such kind of, I mean, companies who work in these industries is to grow, um, to grow, um, 
uh, not ethical, but to make people to consume uh, responsible the product. Yes. So uh, such companies as Heineken, they invest huge amounts of money to teach people to consume alcohol responsibly. And right. for most of alco alcohol companies, it is like that. Yes, they use very creative way to communicate. They, cre they uh, create very interesting non-standard campaigns. But uh, doing that, they still work in of, uh, on growing responsibility in consumption. So this is very important part. And this is uh, uh, especially very good visible in uh, beer alcohol companies. Mm. I cannot say that about tobacco, but still tobacco companies, they they invest a lot of in health industry, but you know, they kill and try to save. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, mm, such companies as Heineken, they just invest a lot of money yeah. in growing the responsibility in people who consume alcohol. So they teach not to consume, for example, a lot of alcohol, yeah. not to consume alcohol when you are driving and other stuff. And a lot, they create a lot of campaigns just to explain to um, consumers yeah. this. I think yeah, it's uh, interesting because uh, these two industries uh, have a long history of uh, fighting with uh, regulators, of course, and whereas the agaming industry, we are mm -hmm. quite new industry, and I think we are kind of learning as we go through this period now in Sweden. I know you mm -hmm. live in, mm -hmm. um, in Gothenburg, right? And you will know that in, in, in Sweden there was um, a couple of years ago uh, this huge marketing drive mm -hmm. and uh, many of the operators uh, were coming out with very aggressive marketing mm -hmm. messages mm -hmm. um, that were kind of targeting the, um, uh, the, the high-risk uh, players, mm -hmm. so to say. And this eventually backfired mm -hmm. on the industry where the kind of the Swedish population turned against the industry to, mm -hmm. some, uh, to some extent. And I suppose um, if you were to analyze the agaming mm -hmm. uh, industry from a B2C perspective, mm -hmm. I know you're on the B2B mm -hmm. side, but I, I, um, I would assume that uh, Heineken is investing money in uh, drink responsibly mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, ads so that, um, so that the consumption turns into something positive mm -hmm. for society, say. Whereas the uh, agami industry um, should be thinking a lot more about also um, uh, making sure that the players play responsibly and so on and so forth, so that uh, the industry in itself uh, doesn't become as stigmatized as it sometimes is. Yeah. Absolutely agree. And I guess that's uh, the reason why uh, so many companies now put this mark play responsibly it's like drink responsibly of course yeah. it's very important because it helps to uh, make the industry more socially acceptable yeah. than for example if you just make aggressive ads this ads can reach uh, sensitive target audience such as people mm. under 18 for yes. example yeah yeah uh, so just to switch topic, yeah, Valentina, mm -hmm. um, we're in Malta right now, of course, it's uh, Sigma week and uh, uh, the whole industry is gathering here in Malta and uh, I have noticed uh, living here that in the last couple of weeks, seemingly SoftWiz is everywhere. <laughs> Very uh, nice. <laughs> yes. It means that we reached our goals. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you're, you have a good subject here, <laughs> can give you a good opinion. But, mm -hmm. um, 
what's the what's the idea behind the massive marketing drive that you have done now in in Malta in the last couple of weeks uh, here? And can you talk more about the campaign itself? It's with the the chili pepper mm. and kind of becoming and blazing uh, hot mm. here. And can you talk more about the campaign you created? Uh, look, yeah, thank you for this question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very glad that you noticed our ads. As I yes, said, it yes. means that we reached our goals, yes. at least with you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not you. the only one. I can tell you. Yeah. Look. Uh, um, soft Swiss uh, have been at the market for more than 10 years but uh, when you m we measured our brand awareness at Malta and Malta is very important market you know it's like a gaming hub we can say it like that right. Mal Malta is a gaming hub uh, we noticed that uh, Soft Swiss brand awareness is not very high at Malta and of course it's an issue that we need to solve as a company which uh, wants to grow, which will grow and will, which have, you know, very ambitious goals, for example, in future, in future, we have really very ambitious goals. And um, to change the situation, and to change the situation in quite short period of time, because, you know, uh, we see that competition in the market in, is growing, and more and more B2B companies start to advertise themselves. We need to do something bright, something that people will definitely notice. So we decided to go, you know, to to go out of the iGaming bo box, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. to know, to go out of the B2B iGaming box and yes. create something very special, something very non-standard. And, you know, we were inspired, inspired by... FMCG campaigns, FMCG marketing campaigns. So first of all, we decided to create, you know, this bright image. Uh, it was chili pepper, you yes. know, hot chili pepper. And we needed, we needed, we wanted to show to the industry that look, Soft Swiss is coming to Malta. Soft Swiss is a strong player. Soft Swiss will mm -hmm. raise the competition level. Soft Swiss right. will blaze in. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it, it was as a main message of our communication. A message is that we are coming to Malta, we are raising the level of competition, we, we are making market more better and better because when the competition is becoming higher, the one who win in this <laughs> game is our customers, you know that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we were uh, talking about that in our campaign. So it, it's like main message of our campaign. Uh, the image of chili pepper is just attractive, bright image, you know, eye-catching bright image, which attracts you to ads. And the second part of uh, the third is uh, like uh, different parts of our communication. The third is uh, people. We uh, decided to show people who works, people who works in soft Swiss, uh, people uh, in B2B, I mean, in B2B industry, it's very important because B2B, it's about personal relationship with managers, with uh, top level managers, because you always handshake with a final person, not with a product at the, at the shelf in the store, but you handshake with a pe people, yes? Uh, so that's why we decided <coughs> to use images of uh, photos of our C-level managers, yes. because C-level managers uh, they are the one who take part in different kind of negotiations, who are visible, who are our speaking heads. So we decided to show them, to show to our target audience, look, they are alive, they are people, they are just absolutely ordinary people, so you can see them here for example yes at exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so it was like uh, three components of our ads main message image 
and people uh, we wanted to show people in our company yeah. so but uh, as i said it's just the first stage because now we as a, we are working on brand awareness and after that campaign we will continue it because you know when you brand build build brand you start with brand awareness then you do your steps to make your target audience to desire you to to, to desire to make a purchase and then you create loyalty so we are now at malta at the first step we are working on our brand awareness then we will make uh, we will make further steps yeah uh, and uh, i think uh, this is a very typical um b2b marketing mindset is to market the people mm-hmm. in the company right like that's not necessarily something that you would consider as mm-hmm. a b2c for mm-hmm. example yeah right? because it's, it's so so much about relationships yep. between individuals uh, that are making business together mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's about absolutely it's about b2b and uh, of course we decided to show our employees i mean c-level managers not in standard way again it attracts attention it's also as i said very important at this stage of our campaign of course we don't work in the office in the best tube with chili peppers (laughs) 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 Um, so uh, another question as well is um it's quite unorthodox as well to uh, to to go the mass market uh, route uh, as a B2B marketing uh, campaign. So here in Malta, you are branding the buses, for example, Mm -hmm. you have billboards, just downstairs here from the office, Mm -hmm. there is an LED screen that Mm -hmm. is currently soft switch. Um, But I suppose uh, because Malta is such a limited market, the demographic, you you couldn't do that in any other market, I think. No, never. You know, we also considered this, uh, I mean, we uh, uh, asked this question to questions to ourselves. I mean, when we are pl- we were planning this campaign, but uh, you're absolutely right. Thank you for the, the mentioning that. It's Malta. Malta is a gaming hub. We analyze audience here. We analyze who live in this. Really, we did this analysis. Mm. How many people from my gaming is uh, are living in at Malta? So we did all this analysis before we took final decision that we will go this uh, uh, in this mass to, to this mass communication as we did. So mm. this is the only, re- I mean, the anal- anal- analytical part that we made uh, showed us that we can do this. Right. When, when you look at the software's brand um, from a helicopter view and you, you, you see like the bigger picture, not just the campaign that you do in Malta mm-hmm. here, what do you want people to uh, think about when they see the uh, the brand? Like how, mm-hmm. are you, how are you building the brand perception? Um, you know, uh, Soft Swiss um, is, you know, every brand, every product which is coming to market and uh, becomes visible to, to people, to target audience, at this moment, this, br- this product bec- is becoming a brand. Yeah? Yes. So uh, before we started to work on Soft Swiss positioning, there were some perception of Soft Swiss as a brand in mind of our customers, for example. And uh, as I said, two years ago, we did our first uh, marketing strategy. And within this first marketing strategy, there were position and statement positioning of the brand. We also create the, this positioning. 
but we did it based again on uh, customer research based on understanding how our customers see us and uh, what we want to change in this perspective and we understand that our customers see us as expert company as a company with expertise as innovative company as a company which creates innovation at the market and the most important things is our service level everyone noticed that we have very high service level in comparison with other companies in the industry so we decided to put these three things into our positioning and now we are working on communication or on communicating these three things to our customers first is our expertise then it's our innovative approach and innovation that we create and um, the level of service. Of course, I guess you can ask me about the product. Yes, why don't we speak about functional uh, functional benefits of our product? But we think that our product, you know, without good product, you cannot create good brands because good brand because product is like a basic good product high quality product because there are a lot of proposition on the market so if you don't have good product you will definitely lose the market even bright the brightest marketing in the world will not save your bad product so good right. product is the thing that you should have and the soft Swiss, of course has this high level tech product so to sell our high level tech product is uh, is just you know just you like sell i don't know cup without branding because people want to uh, buy a good cup people it want to get, yeah people yeah it sells as absolutely people want to get buy a good tech product and that's why we are focusing on really emotional benefits for yes. our clients you know this added value interesting i, I noticed something here as well mm -hmm. uh, that um uh, you know I, I did a podcast with your ceo and founder mm -hmm. uh, ivan montek a couple of months ago and um Ivan is a pioneer in the crypto mm -hmm. world. Yeah, right. Uh, he he found the crypto in like 2011 or something, mm -hmm. and he has walked that uh, that journey and he took Softwit on that journey as well. Softwit was the earliest uh, kind of um, crypto ad adopter in the gaming uh, mm -hmm. world on the platform side. And, and um, uh, do, is there also an element like do, do you want to carry that legacy mm -hmm. in the brand as well because it's a really interesting history to the Absolutely to the brand right, too is yeah. that something that is important to you as well when you look at Absolutely. brand strategy you know when we uh, say about our innovation approach and that we are innovative uh, company you know in each brand positioning you have functional benefits emotional benefits and you have such thing as reason to believe Yes. why our customers can believe us that we are innovative company and you should should prove to your customers that you're really innovative exactly. and of course uh, our uh, the things that we did in crypto is the best proven that we are really innovative company so we still continue to communicate that we still continue to do emphasis on our pioneer in crypto but uh, it's a part of our communication that we are innovative company it's like a part of this communication but still we are doing that of course we cannot lose this reason to believe it's a part of our history it's a part of our even current story yeah. we are still very strong in crypto solution we have this product in our portfolio and we understand that this is one of the most strong of the most strong product in our portfolio so yeah we continue co to communicate that yeah. but 
for example, I say, the, I, I named this in marketing way, I said that it's about our innovations. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. so, so because uh, I suppose uh, you don't want to put uh, crypto as the like big USB mm -hmm. to confuse uh, perhaps right. the market. Absolutely so there's right. a balance there. Absolutely right. Because Soft Swiss, first of all, not a company which works only with crypto. Uh, Soft Swiss is a tech company which creates a bright product and solution for iGaming industry and I believe not only for iGaming industry. So we should make more emphasis on this uh, that we are tech company first of all. Tech company yes. which creates yes, very good solutions for iGaming industry but not only crypto. Crypto is a part of our activity. Yeah, but it's not everything. Yeah, yes. crypto, is a, a crypto, a crypto solution is just a part of our product portfolio yes. but we have very wide product portfolio. We can uh, propose, propose any product you need. Yes. Yeah, to uh, have a successful business uh, in iGaming. And crypto is not on the only our innovation. One more innovation that we launched, for example, uh, one year ago is jackpot aggregation system. It's very, you know, um, unique product which can help businesses to grow. It's also about our innovation. But as I said, we don't communicate only product. We communicate innovation as innovation approach as our, uh, our benefit. Yes, yes. As the benefit of working with uh, Soft Swiss. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Valentina, I, I want to ask you as well, just uh, taking a step uh, back. Uh, you're obviously an expert uh, marketer. Uh, this, this is your profession and, and what you live for. Uh, if uh, if I asked you like what, what's the what's like a marketing campaign that you've been inspired by? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that stands out to you in the history? It can be any industry from any campaign. Is anything you think of? You know, thank you. I was thinking about that many times. I mean, not because of our discussion, but uh, because it's really interesting that. Uh, me as a person who are working in market marketing, I'm getting inspired quite often by different by different campaigns, bright campaigns, not standard campaigns. But there is diff diff definitely one uh, campaign uh, which, for me, I guess it's like the best one in the world yeah. for me. Yeah. Probably even don't know about this, but okay. now I will I tell like you. It. Yeah, uh, why I I'm so inspired by this campaign because it was it's about long term strategic planning very long-term strategic planning. It's uh, um, Nestle brand, I guess that you know, Nescafe brand. Yeah? Yes. And I guess that you know that, I guess everyone knows that Nescafe is the market leader in coffee worldwide. Right. Yeah, and for Nestle, Nescafe is one of the main, as biggest brand in their portfolio, the most profitable brand in the portfolio of Nestle company. And in 60s, last century, uh, Nestle came to Japan market. And I guess that you know which problems they faced when they came to Japan market with Nescafe brand. Tea? Tea, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit nervous then. Yeah. Yeah, people, okay. people didn't yeah. drink coffee uh, yeah. at that market. Right. And, uh, but market as it is, it was quite interesting for company. But uh, the problem with Nescafe, all marketing campaigns or all ads campaigns, they didn't help. So people continue to drink uh, tea just because it was their typical pattern of consumer behavior. Right. And they didn't understand coffee taste, they didn't like it. And Nestle, I guess they did the brightest thing. And for me, it's uh, like uh, best way of strategic thinking and strategic planning. 
Do you know what they did? Do you know this case? <laughs> I, I have not studied it, but I'm very curious to know how to change because it's obviously they are facing a massive challenge in a market mm -hmm. that is like so uh, away from that brand. Yeah. But yes, yeah, uh, you know, I just uh, will say at, uh, at first that uh, at this moment, uh, Japan is one of the most innovative coffee market for Nestle. Okay. Nestle launched all oh. innovation, coffee innovation uh, and yeah. taste test taste test them at the Japan market. So they changed the situation. How they did it? Yes. They started with a production uh, chocolate with coffee taste for children. <laughs> you understand what they did? Okay. They, uh, they started yeah, the they generation. Yeah, generation. And do yeah. you understand how many years they needed right. yeah. to change patterns of consumption? Yeah, like 15 years. Yes, 15 but years. they did it finally. Wow. Yeah, and I think wow, it's that's great. Amazing. Yeah, great decision, great, wow. great strategic approach. And really, for me, it's like you understand that if you have strategy, you mm. can change the world. Because if Nescafe could change consumption pattern in Japan, country 100% tea country it means that you can do everything if you have strong wow. strategy and strong vision of what you want to get wow. yeah that is amazing yeah. I, I love that. That is, that is, that's thinking outside of the box usually mm -hmm. companies think mm -hmm. in terms of quarters mm -hmm. or maybe uh, yeah. a year but here we're talking uh, um, a marketing years. strategy that yeah. is over a generation yeah uh, that's really really interesting actually yeah. um, I have a, uh, I have an example as well of um, just an interesting mm -hmm. uh, problem that an organization uh, has faced that has a great product, mm -hmm. but um, a difficult. Uh, it doesn't matter how 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 good product you have if uh, the product um, is uh, is a network uh, uh, driven. So um, uh, Tinder, mm -hmm. when Tinder launched mm -hmm. uh, like ten or twelve years ago. You have a problem, right? Because you can have a fantastic product on Tinder, but mm -hmm. if no one is using it, then you will go on Tinder and mm -hmm. you will not use it again. Mm -hmm. There has to be people there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg uh, mm -hmm. question. Like, how do you get users to go on Tinder? And there is like already um, mm -hmm. a, a demographic that is using uh, Tinder. It's a very difficult problem. And not only do you need people to be on Tinder, mm -hmm. but you need people that are close to you to be on Tinder as well. Mm -hmm. They need to be in the same city. Not like, you know, on the other side of the country or something mm -hmm. like that. And um, also they didn't have the, the capital to roll out like this like huge marketing campaign mm -hmm. over the whole country or something like this. What did they do? And so, so what did I do? So they figured out, I think, like a genius idea, basically. So they would go to college uh, campuses. But they not not to not to brand in there. Mm -hmm. They would they would find like the coolest person mm -hmm. at the at the college, and they would tell that person that you organize a party, mm -hmm. invite all the coolest people that you know, mm -hmm. and we will pay for everything. The only thing that we ask you to do is uh, at the door when people enter the party, um, everyone has to show that they have installed this app. Okay, so what would happen is they would throw a party. Mm -hmm. People would come to the party. And then the next day they wake up and they're like, oh, I have this uh, the app where I can mm -hmm. maybe connect with the mm -hmm. people that I met yesterday. Mm -hmm. And there were maybe someone they saw that they mm -hmm. liked and they didn't speak to them. So they would go on the app and they, they would create this little network. Mm -hmm. And then they would do a party again mm -hmm. and then at another, uh, at another college and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden the network effect took mm -hmm. over. They reached critical mass. And then from there, their product grew to become what yeah. it is today. 
Great, really great. You Genius. know, yeah. agree, absolutely agree. And you know, the first brand who did it, because when you told about this university campus and other stuff, the first brand indeed who did it, it was Burn. Uh, not Burn, yeah, Burn. Burn or Red Bull, really don't remember exactly. Energetic okay. drinks. You okay. know, yeah, Burn okay. or Red Bull, don't remember exactly. Yes. They did absolutely the same, <laughs> just to stimulate people to drink Burn, to let people to know about Burn. But I guess it was Red Bull, not Burn. Yes. And Tinder, I guess, they exploit the idea, but yeah. in a bit different way. So you see, yeah. connection, dif- I mean, connection between ideas. Yes. First, who did something similar was yeah, FMCG okay. brand. Then it was Tinder as an app, and it yeah. worked. Yeah, it yeah. is like Soft Swiss, which now is this blazing in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, we all have innovative approaches to, yes. uh, to the campaign. Yes, yes. But indeed, it's very interesting. I didn't yeah. know about that case. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Re- re- really interesting. I, I love that when people come to with these mm-hmm. like really interesting ideas of uh, how to. Uh, how to enter the market mm-hmm. a bit from the side, so especially to say. when you don't have budget, and when you don't have budget as well, yeah. or when you're facing these mm-hmm. restrictions like mm-hmm. we do in our yeah. industry. Or, yeah, interesting to hear. Um, a last question for you today, uh, Valentina, as well. Is there, you know, so sweet, you're building a great brand, mm-hmm. of course. Um, if you look at the agami industry in its uh, entirety, is there any other brand that you are impressed by in this industry? Very good question. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I don't want to name our competitors, but okay. I want to tell you that I really respect companies who can uh, see their long-term strategy, who can work on their brand, who can work on their brand positioning. You know, when you see on what company is doing right now, you understand that it's not just tactical actions. It's, it's not just something to show off. It's a part of strategy. So when I see that companies in our industry start to work like that, I, I respect that. Mm. And I tell to employees in my team, I say to them, look at this company. Please look what they are doing. Yes. Look, they are very good in what they are doing. Not only we are working on marketing strategy, but they also do this. So yes. please be aware. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Strong competitors are growing. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, for me, it's like a main uh, factor to respect company, to be inspired by the, the company. When I see that, it's long-term approach. It's really about strategic thinking, but it's not about you know just, just show off when you just waste a lot of money just to show something mm. it's a part of long-term care. Yeah. it's such an important mindset and culture to have in a company mm-hmm. that you can uh, look at other companies and brands and see say what they are doing well mm-hmm. um, in order to improve and to understand uh, mm-hmm. what they are doing what they are, what they are doing well because often time uh, some uh, organizations they carry a big ego or mm-hmm. they are insecure and all they say is how bad everyone else is. Mm-hmm. They're like beating their own chest, like we are so much oh, better. No. And that, that's a recipe for uh, being taken over at some point because Absolutely. they are not going to stay ahead. Uh, yeah. So Absolutely. those discussions are so important. You know, I, o- I, o- I always uh, tell it to my colleagues, to employees in my team, please look at your competitors. P- please don't say that they do something wrong. Exactly. Please be inspired by them. Because if you see that they, you have strong competitors, if you can accept that, you can become better than they are. If you say that, oh, my competitors are bad, they do just uh, shitty things, sorry for that word, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You will not, uh, you will never be, become better than they are because you think that they are bad. 
this uh, this is not productive it's counterproductive so you should be inspired by your competitors you should know them better than they know themselves and then you can uh, be a leader in this situation you can become a leader and one more point that you noticed as well it's about analytical work a lot of analytical job should work should be done within the company especially when we're speaking about marketing marketing is not a only creative part it's not only about creativity so you know uh, marketing is not just creating chili campaign this campaign that we can see at Malta right now marketing about analyzing of the result of this campaign about changing something and when you are working with marketing strategy you should be you know you should always track KPI you should always track the situation outside the company and within the company because we are living in the in the world of constant changes and you should be very flexible in everything you do so marketing strategy is very important but the same importance is to be flexible in implementation of your marketing strategy but to be flexible you should understand what is going around and for that you need to analyze everything so marketing is first of all about analytical work yes be inspired by your competitors. I, this is a great way mm -hmm. to end the podcast today. Valentina, thank you so much for giving you. your time today. It's thank been you. fantastic. Thank you. For me too. Thank you. Thank you.